Hello, I'm Carrie Gard and welcome to Tea Time with Tech Marketing Leaders. Let's put a little bit more budget into that one or, or add a sponsorship or uh, send one extra person to try and you know be there for networking. So, um, you know, it's, it's letting a lot of that ROI dictate what, what we are doing and where we need to be going. Hope you're all having a wonderful 2023 so far. Two weeks in so far, so good. Well, let's kick off this second week strong with this next guest, John Eric Cornelier from Lumira. I love this conversation so much. It's exactly what we need given today's climate of tighter budgets and needing to make a bigger impact. John Eric joins me to discuss how to make a big splash when you are a small fish in a very big pond. As cybersecurity marketers, especially those in growth stages, you are definitely looking to get found. And John Eric shares story after story of how he's been able to help multiple tech companies go from startup to buyout using less conventional ways. John Eric Cornelier is currently the marketing director at Blumira. He has over 12 plus years of experience having worked across e-commerce, insurance, and security companies as a marketer. Here is my conversation with John Eric. Hello, John Eric. Thank you for joining me on Tea Time with Tech Marketing Leaders. Hi, Carrie. Thank you very much for having me. I'm so stoked to have you and for our conversation that I'm uh, you know, going to tease out a little bit because it's a good one. Before we get there, before we get there, though, John Eric, why don't you tell us your story? Everybody sort of found marketing or marketing found them and no yeah. story is the same. So tell us, what do you uh, do so and how did you get there? Yeah. Uh, so I am currently the marketing director at Blumira. Uh, I've been here oh, about a year and a half, uh, closing in on two years now. And uh, it's uh, it's it's been a wild ride. It's security startups, right? It's it's startup life. Uh, so it's been fantastic. How I ended up here, uh, I've kind of bounced around. Um, I was at a education company before this. I was working for nonprofit fundraising before that in marketing, marketing software. Um, and before that, I spent some time in insurance, which uh, is very interesting in its own right. Uh, so I've kind of bounced around. I, I did an internship for a sports organization. Like, I don't know, I just like whatever I can get my hands on. I like to learn new things. Uh, so I've ended up here in security. Uh, to me, it's kind of where I always wanted to try and get to. It's uh, in my uh, hierarchy of, of marketing uh, industries, so to speak, you know, B2B and B2B SaaS is like the top. Uh, and then to me, security is even the, the top of the top. I mean, this is uh, uh, the toughest market I think I've ever been in. Uh, and I like that challenge and I want that challenge. And so it's part of the reason why I wanted to get into the space and, and part of the reason why I'm still here. I mean, do you want me to go into why I got into marketing in general? You want that story? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, right. tell me why, how, uh, why marketing? So, so not to Tarantino it, so to speak, but the, uh, the ending of the story is uh, your mother is always right. Uh, so, you know, growing up in high school, uh, I was on track to become an engineer. I was taking engineering classes. I was taking upper math classes. My grandpa had been an engineer. Like this was it. My senior year, I took a video production class, fell in love with digital editing. I was like, oh my God, this is what I want to do. I graduated. I didn't go to the normal route to college. I went to a trade school, got into it. And I was like, oh, this is awful because I sit in a dark room for 40 to 50 hours a day by myself. And like, uh, that's not, that's not me. Right. Um, <laughs> and so quickly tried to pivot out of that. And I was like, oh my God, what do I do now? Like I'm, you know, I'm 19 having this existential crisis of what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. Right. And my mom's like, stop go get an advertising or marketing degree. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. And she's like, no, no, no. As a kid and, you know, a teenager and stuff like that, my mom and I used to play this game where when a commercial came on TV, you had to guess what the brand and the product was 
before they said it or showed it, right? Because so many ads are, you know, there's some kind of buildup to it. And I crushed my mom every time. Now, I also probably watched five times more TV than she did. But like, ads resonated with me, right? Like, I, I loved the concept of the ad. Um, and so she's like, no, 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 just that's what you need to go do. And so that's where I, I spent a few years at a community college to, to get my you know foundation underneath me, went and got my bachelor's from Michigan State in advertising. I have my master's from Central Michigan in marketing. And like, she was right. This is this is where I'm meant to be. Uh, it gets to I get to have that little bit of creative aspect of, of that I like with, you know, I'm a big data person. I'm, I'm very data driven. So that engineering brain and that math brain that existed in high school still kind of gets to exist. But yeah, should have just listened to my mom. I had a similar journey. Um, I went to school for photography and mm -hmm. I found myself photographing billboards like in the space. Like, oh. um, so it it's sort of, yeah. So similar, interesting journey of like, I, I actually really loved the dark room and I had to be dragged out of it, kicking and screaming. I love the, solit the solitude that way. So we're a little different there, but from... <laughs> from this fascination of advertising to the point where it became like the focus of some of my photographs. It's yeah. So cool. that art background, that mathematics, it's, it does, it collides in marketing and I'm, I love it for the same reason. So what a great story. Thank you for sharing. Of course. You mentioned cybersecurity and this being sort of your mission, like where you wanted to get to uh, one Secure, security feels newish. I mean, it's, it's, it is and it isn't. So how did you sort of discover the security industry? And then what made you decide that this was, this was it for you? Uh, so big picture, I'm, I'm, uh, for a marketer, uh, and somebody that's on like a go-to-market sales team, kind of, you know, I'm very altruistic, right? Like I believe in the greater good. I want to do things. That's how I stepped into the nonprofit role where I was for a little bit. Um, even in education, that's why I left insurance. And so when you're kind of looking for B2B SaaS, there's, there's not a lot of industries that you're like, oh, like they truly are helping make a difference in the world, right? Like they, they truly are. Like, I'm not saying selling widgets and other things and other software isn't great, but like, I, I wanted to try and find something that I felt like made a difference. Um, my first exposure to the industry, uh, came through a really good friend of mine, uh, Mike Hanley, who was at Duo Security and was there for a long time up and through acquisition. Um, and just talking about the cool things he was doing, not just because Duo was this great culture and stuff like that, but, you know, what the product was doing and how it was actually helping people, right? Like, that's pretty cool. Um, and so when I started kind of looking for my next opportunity and, and ran into Blue Mira, um, obviously there we have some, you know, some former Duo people here. You know, I talked to Mike and I said, hey, like, what's, I, I want to get in. I think this is the pinnacle of the space. It's definitely helping people. Um, like, is, is this a good company? He's like, oh yeah. He's like, get in there. He's like, the people are great. He's like, and the product is unbelievable. Like what they're doing there is really, really cool. They are really changing the space. They are really helping people out that normally can't get security. And I was like, great, I'm in. And then I was like, oh, like, you still have to interview for the job. Like, you know, you don't have to give it to you. So uh, I, was, I was fortunate enough to get it. And, and yeah, I mean, that's, so that's, you know, being being ultra competitive in this industry and and being able to help people is, is, is a really good balance that, that I'm happy to be a part of. And you know, specifically at Blue Mirror that we help, you know, kind of that, that small and mid market, you know, that, that don't necessarily have the resources to go get a lot of the security tools that exist today. It's, uh, it, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, it's, it's, it's just that extra cherry on top for sure. 
before we I keep going down this this rabbit hole, which I uh, we're going to come back to it because I, I have so many questions that are going to lead into our topic. But before I get there, I do like to ask this question because we're all human and we're we're all in marketing and, and most of us are, are in the cyberspace and we have interesting challenges. So for you, what's sort of the big, hairy, scary challenge thing that you're facing right now? What's the thing that's keeping you up at night? Uh you know, so I think the the interesting thing where we're at is kind of what I just talked about is that, you know, we're, we've created a, a security product for people that aren't used to having security products available to them. Uh, you know, so it's finding that that audience and educating that audience that like, not just these tools exist, these tools exist for you. And like, no, 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 no like you, you don't need to go hire another security analyst to run this product. Like your sysadmin can do it, right? That's, that's why we've created this thing. And so it's a, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. Some of the traditional methods aren't necessarily there for us in the ways that would make it easy, right? It's it's that little bit of an uphill fight, a little bit of a, a, a climb or a longer path, so to speak, to, to get to some of these markets because, you know, they're not out there looking as much for us. So uh, that's kind of where we're at. But uh, when you find it right and you see it click and you see them use the product, uh, it's, it's fantastic. So uh, we will continue the hunt and continue to do the right thing. I love that. Yeah, creating a category almost sounds like. In, in a sense, a subcategory, if you will, right? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's definitely interesting, that's for sure. It's hard to sort of convince people they have a problem if they haven't, if they don't know that they have a problem, but they but but they think it's gonna help you with the problem you don't want to have. <laughs> and it's it's a lot of I think they've, you know, the 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 message and and I don't want to call it the fear because nobody wants to market with fear, but you know, the fear that ransomware and, and attacks happen on small and mid-market businesses, right? There was this belief for the long time that like, oh, nobody cares about us. We're only a 200 person company. They're not, they're not coming after us. Well, you know, that teenager over in wherever, they don't care. If they can get in, they're going to get in and have some fun, right? Like big and small, left and right. It doesn't matter though. They're going every, across everybody in the globe. So it, they, they've realized there's a problem, but they don't know where to start, right? Yeah. Like they've heard of certain words or they know certain terms and they, they start kind of looking and you know, in the sim space where we're at, it's traditionally uh, an enterprise play. And so they, mm -hmm. they skip the category altogether a lot of times. So, but yeah, uh, yeah we're, we're starting to turn some heads and it, it's fun even too. It's, it's very uh, comforting and reassuring when, when we're at some of these shows and you see some of these, you know, they come up and they want the t-shirt. So they come talk to you at your booth and you talk about what you do. And they're like, wait, no, you, you can't really do that. Like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, no, we can. And here's how we do it. And they're like, oh, and of course, they work at an enterprise account, so they know the space really well. And they're like, I, I'm not going to buy that, but that's really cool. And I'm like, well, thanks. I, I mean, at least at least we'll take that, right? So we're on the right path. I'm going to circle back to that because I have a follow-up question. But I want to get into, I want to come back to your story and the companies you've worked for. Um, and being, you mentioned startups, like you're really into startups. So what's the biggest company you've, or what's the biggest team you've been a part of? Biggest marketing team or biggest company? Both. We'll start so, with company. So the biggest company you've been at. So technically I've been acquired three times. So I, if you want to count those on that end of it, um, the insurance company that bought the small insurance company that I worked for, I think was about 500 people. Uh, they did they did about a billion dollars in revenue. So towards the end there, we were, you know, yeah. Uh, there's a whole bunch of insurances that people don't even know exist and insurance underwriting. It's a crazy topic, but anyways. <laughs> Um, so that one, and then uh, Stride Learning uh, was who bought me when I was at the educational place. And, and they're, I mean, they employ schools and teachers and stuff. So like they're, they're a couple of times. Right, right, right. Uh, I, I, I 
typically uh, make my way out uh, once that happens and, and move on to the next adventure. So uh, within the startup side and the small business side, um, maybe 100, 120 people before acquisition is, is usually where we're at. Uh, and then yeah. Yeah, get absorbed into something bigger. And the marketing teams that you've worked for, how many people have you had on your teams before? Seven or eight was the biggest one. There was an extra little kind of like side tuck of some training people that were technically marketing that put us to like 10. Um, but yeah, seven to 10, most of them uh, were a three-person, four-person team now. Uh, I was three, then four at the last place and three, the one before that. So uh, yeah, small teams where lots of shared responsibilities and working together and whiteboarding and figuring stuff out is... Uh, is what I really like to do. Lots of hats. Yes. Lots of hats. So the companies you've worked for have, in, in the grand scheme of things, aren't mm -hmm. very big. So you're sort of this small fish, and especially in cyber, small fish in a very big pond. How do you make a splash? How do you be? How do you get seen in such a crowded space? Um, you know, I. I there's a lot of ways to do it. There's, I'm, I'm probably going to say a whole bunch of cliches that like, you know, people already know, but, but it's, it's a lot of it has to do with like having the right mindset going into that. Right. You know, it's, it's, you know, we exhibit at RSA, we're in a 10 by 10 at RSA. We are the small fish in a big pond that is RSA. Right. But it's not, I'm not trying to have a better show or come up with more leads or more closed one deals than the people in 20 by twenties and 40 by forties. No, that's not realistic. But can I have a good show that produces an RO, a, 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 the ROI number that we want? Yeah, you know we can still find that. We don't we don't need to eat the whole cookie. We just need to get our crumbs. Um, you know, so it's 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 having that mindset. One of the one of the startups I was at, we uh, in the nonprofit space, we stole somebody from a very big, large data company uh, that was very very well known. And you know she was she was our analytics team or something, and so she helped out with marketing and. I can't remember what the exact campaign was, but she's like, oh no, no, let's just do this and we can come up with something simple like this. And I was like, nobody's nobody's gonna click on that. Nobody's gonna react on that. She's like, oh, but that's what we did at a big company X. And I was like, that's because they knew who you were, right? Like we, we can't do that. We have to be much more forward with our messaging and we can get creative with it, but you still gotta make sure you're telling people what you do because they don't know what you do, right? You know, if I say McDonald's, everybody knows what McDonald's sells and what McDonald's is. But if you're a mom and pop restaurant, you, you gotta say we sell tacos or we sell burgers, right? You have to make sure you're you're explaining it to them. And it's uh it's 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 an interesting problem, but you know, just having I don't know being creative with your ideas. And I know that's necessarily cliche, everybody wants to be creative, but you know, trying to just step outside the box of the normal a little bit. Um and and don't waste an opportunity. Uh, I think that's the other big one that 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 comes to my mind that uh, uh, I've seen before in this one. I, please don't go look at the map, but there were, but around us at Blue Mirror at RSA, there were other 10 by 10s and there were people that had counters or tables at the front of their booth. And one or two people just sat behind that counter for three days. And I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? I'm in the IOA. Some of you might recognize me or, or remember this. I was like flagging people down with t-shirts and pulling them in. I can uh, I was telling people that this, the blue color of our shirts would really bring out the color of their eyes just to try and break conversation, right? Like, let's, let's have a little fun. We're, we're there. I'm spending a large amount of my budget on that show. Like we need to make sure we get every conversation we can. And, uh, you know, so it's always boggled my mind when there are other, you know, small 10 by 10s and they're just sitting there 
looking up at people smiling and they're trying to be nice, but like people aren't going to RSA to talk to you. They're going to see those 4540s. You got to bring them in. You have to kind of grab their attention and make sure, you know, you get everything you can out of that event. Events seem to be something you lean pretty heavily in. Is that always been the case or is that specifically Primera? No, a little bit of both. Um, You know, I I think in B2B, um, the event background, the events have always kind of been, they're just a core pillar, right? Uh, Outside of the COVID years and and the break there, it's it's where you can get in front of people, right? And and buyers big and small are there. And for, for, in some ways it kind of does, you know, level the playing field. Sure, I'm not in a 40 by 40, but there's a good chance you got to walk by my booth to, to get there, right? So I've got that opportunity to get in front of you. Um, and we've we've done, a, not just here at Bumira, but in my past, done a lot of the smaller shows, right? The ones that are in the hotel lobbies. And at that point, everybody's in a 10 by 10, right? Now everybody's got the equal shot to, to get in front of that person and talk to them. So, yep, doing that and, and uh, you know, trying to have some fun at events. Uh, I've been part of two where we've made our own sponsorship. We've went to the host and said, hey, you know, we don't want to do the drink cart. We want to do this. Well, you tell us how much we need to pay you. And if you'll help us support us, we'll do this. And, um, you know, one of my, my favorite one, this is, this is probably one of my favorite campaigns we, we've ever done. It was a small trade show, a couple hundred people. It's all in one hotel. Everybody flies in the day before, cause there's a, a party the, that night. And then the conference goes for the next two days. And so we reached out to the sponsor and we said, Hey, look, we are the, are the you know, controlling association. We said, we want to do something different. We know everybody comes in at this time. We know everybody comes to this hotel because everybody stays in this one or the one across the street. That's how it always goes. We want to provide transportation from the hotel, from the airport to the hotel. If you help us spread the word that here's where we're going to be and it's free, they don't have to call an Uber or get a cab. If you help shuttle them to us, you tell us what you want as a sponsorship fee and we'll pay for all the buses and stuff that we need to get. And they're like, oh my God, that's fantastic. That's one of the complaints we get all the time is, is that there's no transportation around. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they charged us some very, very small fee compared to the rest of the sponsorships because we were helping them out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then, so then I'm calling up places in Miami trying to find, you know, buses and stuff to shuttle. And, uh, you know, you, you, you talk to the people on the phone and you tell them your gig and, you know, you, you explain that what you're trying to do and make a splash. And uh, I got lucky that the guy on the other end of the phone was, he's like, yeah, this sounds great. He's like, I got, I got an idea. I got an idea. He's like, I'm not just going to give you the two little party buses that you wanted. He's like, what if I give you two full on like rock star tour buses to move people back and forth? And I'm like, all right, but like, how much does that cost? He's like, no, 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 no. He's like, we never use these things. I got to get them in service every once in a while. He's like, same cost as the mini buses. And I'm like, all right, I'm in. And so we contacted another company and did some window clings on the side. So we had branded the buses inside. We had videos running and like, we were just picking, we ran the, you know, eight hours ish that uh, people normally fly in. And it was just two buses doing loops from the hotel to the airport. And like, people were loving it. We had our sales teams on the bus. So they got to schmooze a little bit. And uh, it was, it was fantastic, right? It, it was, it was for a product launch of ours. And it was just like, cool. And like, they had never done it. So the, the, the sponsor or the main company was super excited that it was there. Everybody was so happy that, you know, they had free transportation. It wasn't like, oh, I got to find the Uber line or find the taxi. It was like, nope. It's the worst. Go, go to, you know, carriage cell C or carriage, whatever, carousel C for luggage and like go out those doors and you're going to see this giant bus, you know, that, that, that's got the name of the conference on it and come get on. And, uh, we were, uh, that's in the nonprofit space. And so everything's a little bit more fun and a little bit more, uh, cheesy and kooky. We rented, uh, fortune tellers to sit on the buses. And so while you waited for the bus to leave or, you know, the 20 minute drive to the hotel, like 
people got their fortunes told. And it was just like, I don't know, it was great. And people loved us and everybody kept thanking us throughout the event and coming and stopping by our booth. And it was, uh, it, it was definitely a major success and really helped catapult that event to being something that was just like, hey, you know, let's let's get our crumbs to like, hey, we took a full bite out of the cookie, you know. At, at we did. Time. So it was yeah. it was good, and it was just like nobody had ever thought to do that, so we did, uh, and didn't cost us any more money. Didn't you know? Then the sponsorships we would have done otherwise. So it's 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 just finding little ways to to be a little bit creative and be a little bit different. And it know. sounds like um, you know RSA. I'm sure is so much more expensive than the smaller trade shows. Um, But it sounds like, do you get to be more creative at the smaller trade shows than the bigger events or? A lot of times. Yeah. Because there's there's less going on. They're more confined to one area. Um, They haven't done as much, right? Like I'm, I, with the history RSA has and the size and the budgets that most people have, is it going to become hard to come up with something new that's never been done at RSA? Probably. Right. Um, and it's so spread out, right? The the airport shuttle thing's not I'm sure if you had a huge budget, you probably can make it work. But um, yeah, so those smaller shows that are confined to one area, you you tend to do have more options. You know, like the bag drops existed forever, but you know we've done it, and a lot of a lot of events do already have some type of party or after party. But we went to one. It's like, hey, you guys have this reception. It only goes from five to seven. If we rent the bar out across the street and throw an after party, and we'll pay for you know we'll give everybody two free drink tickets. Will you help promote it? And they're like, yeah, that sounds great. Like, we'll we'll make you the official after party sponsor. And like that then existed. Well, uh, I should say the first year we did it without telling them. Uh, and they weren't as happy because we just threw a party and like waved Oops. everybody over. Yeah, I mean, they they weren't too mad. They were like, we wish you would have told us. And like, okay, we'll do it next year. And they're like, okay, we'll charge you a small sponsor fee. We're like, all right, that's fine. We we, we get it. So um, yeah, make sure you always check with the with the people running. <laughs> the that was one yeah. thing. But yeah, the, the smaller events do lend themselves to you know, be a little bit more creative. And if, if you know, it's in both instances of those, like we knew that was, that was our target market. We knew the people there were the people we wanted to talk to for sure. Right. So it was worth, you know, pushing that little bit more, putting a little bit more budget in those shows. Yeah. Cause it sounds like RSA, you weren't necessarily getting, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you told, if you just said it in our conversation now, or if you said it before we started getting going, but you mentioned at some point in our conversation that, uh, people weren't necessarily the people who you wanted to be talking to at these big shows. Um, they're like, Oh, I understand what you do, but I'm an enterprise. And that's not really going to work for me where it sounds like more of the trade shows, you were able to be a bit more targeted to exactly who you wanted to be talking to. Yeah. Our RSA is just, just more of a grab bag, right? There's everybody's there. So, you know, of the hundred people that walk by at any given time, you know, we probably only need to talk to 15 as opposed to at some of these smaller shows, maybe it's 50 or 60 people that, that fit more of our demographics. So, yeah. And I mean, that's, that's one of the things we're still figuring out with, with the audience that we have is, you know, should we be going to some of these, you know, do we need to keep going to RSA and Black Hat or, or should we be focused on some of these smaller shows or, um, you know, find some stuff that's even kind of outside of the tra- traditional security pathway be- because of who our target audience is. So, yeah, uh, making sure we do the research and, and you know, letting letting the data drive the decisions, right? We kind of talked about that in the beginning is, you know, uh, going to some of these shows is one thing, but don't go back if it didn't work, right? If you didn't see the ROI or didn't see the movement that you wanted, don't, don't go back just because other people go or just because other people do it, you know, doesn't mean you have to. We've, uh, we, we've got a love-hate relationship with Google AdWords right now be, because of that, right? Um, and uh, look, I... I'm not, I'm no expert. So, so some of your listeners may know more about this than I do, but 
Um, I know they, with the broad match modifier and the changes they made to their algorithm, I think that really hurt small businesses. Um, I think it, it, it and then everybody says, oh, well, just, just add more negative keywords. I've tried that. We, we, we've, we've had a you know a couple hundred lists of, of negative keywords going there and it's still, I think it just lends it to the people with the bigger budgets that are willing to pay more, which, hey, I mean, look, that's Google's job anyways to get more. If they make more money off their ad revenue, that's their job. I can't, I can't blame them for that. But, you know, I think that not having that ability or not having that extra asset or that extra setting uh, has hurt some of us with, with smaller budgets and smaller bid rates, but we'll, My we'll team find could talk to you about that all day. And they're, <laughs> they're, pain of what yeah for some of our clients when that happened for sure um i want to go back to events because i find this fascinating i think mostly because i don't run events and i i don't know much about events Um, my dad and his partner have been part of events their whole careers in in running them setting them up being the tech people behind the scenes and so i've i've dabbled from that end of seeing sort of how how it all like stands up on that yeah. side, but I, but from a marketing side, I've always found it so fascinating um, and how it works with the sponsorships versus the booths versus the um, events that you can hold and how you sponsor those. And you mentioned ROI on it. How are you capturing? Is it just capturing leads as people are walking by your booth? Is it, I mean, handing out your card and hoping they come to your website? I mean, how are you, how do you measure yeah. that? <laughs> organic. Yeah. I, uh, so, so the two main ones that, that I always try and take a look at is, is one, yep, it's, it's those booth scans and, and, you know, we've got a pretty good setup in, in our HubSpot to be able to track like, okay, we know this contact came from RSA. Oh, it's, it's turned into a deal. Okay. That deal's gone closed one. We can, you know, attach that, that value back to, to RSA. Um, you know, or, oh, Hey, six months later, eight months later, this person came to a webinar and, and now they're engaging in, in sales and oh now there's an opportunity but like where, where did that come from sure they came to the webinar but like oh they originally started at rsa let's make sure you know rsa gets some credit for that so it, it's you know trying to track things through the system from the leads you know um and then the big one is is trying to pay attention to traffic in and around you know the event um especially if you're doing something like that extra little party or little event that that's more of a buzz note or buzzworthy type of thing um, you know, looking at it's typically the direct traffic or, or the organic traffic that's that's coming in and, and did it spike? Did it change? Obviously trying to control for like, oh, did we run anything else or launch some new big SEO piece or something like that? But, you know, trying to see who's coming in. Are you getting more branded traffic clicks? Are you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, seeing more direct traffic kind of kind of file in? Are the, are the two big ones. You talk about wearing a lot of hats and being a, being part of a small marketing team. I feel like the some of the bigger cyber companies, uh, certainly some of the ones we've worked, have sort of their own like events teams where this is all they do. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like for you, this is a very big part of what you do. Uh, is that because it, you have a background in it and you love it um, and you certainly have seen the ROI in it? Or is that because it really is the thing or the types of companies you work with and the size that they are, that this is the thing that's really you found to work? Uh, probably somewhere in between. Um, you know, I think coming in and, and helping get the go-to-market off the ground on Blue Mirror, it was, it was where we started was with events because that's where you traditionally do find success. Now I'll, I'll be upfront that like we've we've had some good misses this year uh, on, our, on our event side of things that we're like, oh, like this, this seems like it's a good event. It's a good security event. You look at who else sponsors it. You know, there's some of our competitors like, let's go. And it wasn't, it was too technical of a show or, or too enterprise of a show. 
Um, you know, all those people that come into your LinkedIn and they say, hey, we can set up meetings for you. And would you like to talk to GM and Ford and Coca-Cola? And I'm like, no, I don't like, you know, and they're like, we can send you a list. You'll recognize most of the people. And I'm like, if you can recognize the people, I probably don't want to talk to them. Right. Like that's where we're at. So it, it is a little bit of, you know, starting small. Right. And that's that's where we've tried to go. And, and even as RSA, like, could we have afforded to go to a, a 10 by 20 or something like that? Yeah. But like, nope, let's do our small 10 by 10, scout it out, kind of see what's there. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're, our, our strategy is kind of constantly evolving on, on the event side. Like, yeah, we, we went pretty good into it in, uh, in 2022, but it's, it's coming out of that and going, Oh, that one's a miss. Oh, that one's a miss. Oh, we did good there. Let's, let's go back to that one. Or, Hey, that one crushed. Let, let's, let's put a little bit more budget into that one or, or add a sponsorship or, uh, send one extra person to try and, you know, be there for networking. So, um, you know, it's, it's letting a lot of that ROI dictate what, what we are doing and where we need to be going. In terms of the lots of hats you were, uh, the other thing I found interesting that you said was, uh, that you were in the booth. Typically it's, it's sales. Am I right? And normally it depends, it depends on where you're at and how big your team is. Um, a small marketing team, small sales team. Um, you know, so we, we had, uh, e even somebody, uh, Amanda Berlin, who's one of our detection engineers, um, fantastic. She was speaking at RSA. She's like, Hey, I only speak on, you know, the first two days. Do you need help at the booth last two days? So she was hanging out as a technical resource, right? Um, you know, it's not just, you know, we talk about the mindset of, of working at a small company or being the big fish or small fish in a big pond. It's not just you as the marketer that needs to have it, right? Your sales team kind of needs to be aware of it and, and anybody else that can help out. Um, I'm lucky enough that, you know, I have leadership that understands that and believes that. And we're rolling out a big initiative that like, we're essentially going to make, I shouldn't say everybody and I shouldn't say make, we're going to encourage, uh, those with, you know, the knowledge and the skill sets in the security space to start writing for us. And it's kind of going to, going to become an, a company-wide thing that everybody gets to write blogs. Um, and, and we're going to not gets to, we're going to really push them to do that because, uh, we're, we're, we have two people that kind of look at and focus on content. Uh, one part-time, one full-time. And we we love to make more content. There's more to be said. We've got more things to say. So we have some incredible security resources sitting there making our product amazing, but, you know, let, let's share their voice and, and let's share their, some of their knowledge out with our customers and, and with the world. I'm such a believer in, in that. So content people are a dime a dozen. They're so hard to find, especially in the technical security space. Uh, so if you have people on your staff who are writing the product and can also write about what they're doing and why they're doing it and how this feature or whatever is going to impact the end user. Like, wow, yeah. that's huge. Uh, we we are very blessed. I am very blessed that our actual, our content marketing manager, Erica, uh, has that technical background, right? She, she knows a little bit of the security. She can speak a little bit of it. So, you know, she even does, she's fantastic because a lot of the, uh, you know, the engineers on the back end or the security on the back end, they're like, I can't write. I don't, I don't, I write code, right? I don't write words, right? So she'll do the thing where she's like, let's grab 30 minutes. We'll record the web, we'll record the Zoom and I'm going to give you the topic and, and you just ramble. Yeah. She's like, and I'll transcribe it and turn it into a blog. We'll put your name on it and it'll sound great. And they're like, oh my God, this was so much better, right? So she does a fantastic job of, of working with the security teams that we have and, and some of the other people, other technical people too you know, allow them to explain their knowledge in the way that they feel most comfortable, uh, but being able to turn it into a, a usable resource for us on the marketing team. That's so cool. I love that. Yes to that. I, it's such a, as an SEO agency, that's always one of the biggest challenges we have with our clients is they're just 
the you know the content they need and the the staff they have and it's such it's so tough so what a creative way to navigate that i yes, i love it in terms of being this small team and being very creative and flexible it sounds like uh what other ways would you say you talk a lot about mindset right and so in terms of finding these creative outlets, what are some other ways that are sort of that low hanging fruit that you found that you keep repeating? We mentioned events. I love what you're doing with content. That's awesome. Yeah. What, what's another like sort of go-to thing for you where you're like, okay, we're, these are the resources we have. This is where we sit in the market. This is something we can definitely do to make, to, to get some ground. Before I answer that, can I add, can I add one more event thing in? Yeah, sure. One of my go-to event things as this person, as this budget content person is like what things I buy from the event. Like it's four, five, six, seven hundred dollars sometimes to rent a TV from the event to use it for three days. I multiple times in my career have just gone to the Target or the Walmart that's around the corner, bought a TV for 200 bucks, put it in my booth, and then you find a local nonprofit to give it away to at the end. Uh, most of the time, the people that work at the trade show at the convention centers are more than happy to take it. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're joyous that they get a free TV and I saved four or 500 bucks. I mean, same thing with vacuums. If you're going to one of those bigger, longer shows and they're like, oh, it's, you know, you paid for carpet and now it's $75 a day to, to vacuum it. I go buy the dirt devil for $49.99 and I'm, it's me at the end of the day and I'm vacuuming the booth, right? Same thing. You, you find a place to donate it or somebody that wants to take it. I mean, if, if anybody saw me at RSA, I was at that Target buying my TV, you know, carrying it across the street in the middle of San Francisco. Like it, it is what it is. And it turned out that, you know, it's one of the booths that was biased, found out we were giving it away. And they're like, oh my God, my, my son just started college. He could use a TV for his room. Like if he, we'd, we'd love to take it. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. So now there's somebody out in California that's got a free TV and in their college dorm room. And I still saved 500 bucks from what you it was totally supposed to be. So. Did. And every yeah. little helps, right? $500 in the grand scheme of a big event probably doesn't feel like much, but when you're talking about the TV and the vacuum cleaner and, um, you know, some of the other that's things. That's the place of going from the, the cheap t-shirt to the nicer t-shirt that people want, right? Like right. As, as bad as that sounds, right? If you're handing out the 100% cotton or you've got the tri-blend, people want the tri-blend no matter what it says on the front of it, right? Like having that little extra night. So yeah, saving 500 bucks here, 500 bucks there really, really adds up for us. Oh my gosh. All right, but now, so to the yes. other thing. Yes, what, the other I'll, thing. I'll I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, I'll... One of the other big go-tos that I found is is finding your community. Um, you, I, I can almost guarantee you are not that the only small fish in that big pond. Um, and so finding that community that you can work with and do things with, um, you know, we, we've had a lot of luck here doing webinars with other small fish in the security industry, other people that are going after our same target market. Um, you know, we had a big product launch in, in April of, of 2022, and, uh, it was giving away our free edition, right. Announcing our free edition that it's, it's free for, for small businesses to come and use. So we went and looked through the, the, you know, cybersecurity marketing society and said, who else has a free product, right? We want to launch this thing. We, we want to you know, put it around like that there are free tools for small businesses to come and use that you're going to get real security value from, right? Like not just who offers a trial, but like who offers an actual free edition for people to come use. And I think we got like eight other companies to come on and join. And, you know, we, we said, okay, like we're going to host it, but we're only at the end, we're going to say, you know, who do you want to hear from? And that's how we're going to divide the leads up. We won't contact any of the people you brought in uh, unless they say they want to be contacted. And 
uh, we had a couple hundred people show up to the webinar. I think it was like 500 people, which small fish, big pond, that's, that's a huge number for us to get in front of. Right. Especially when it's a tough audience, like you're saying, like right. 500 people in a very niche audience, like that's Fantastic. huge. Yeah. So it's, uh, it, it was great. And we divided up the leads and everybody got some hot leads to come out of and go chase down. Nobody paid anything. Everybody, you know, the, the lift wasn't too hard on, on most of our friend, uh, friends that helped us out. It was, Hey, you get, you get seven minutes and, and four slides, you know, to, to present your free product and, and why it's good for small business. And it was great. It was fantastic. Everybody walked out with, with good leads and, you know, we, we've done the big one and we've partnered with, you know, individual companies. And one of the things that's always bothered me about this, because sometimes I'm the smallest of the small fish is, they say, well, like, oh, well, how many people do you bring to the webinar? And I'm like, oh, well, you know, we can only, we bring 50. And they're like, oh, well, we normally bring 200. So I don't, I don't think we're going to partner. And I'm like, I just offered you a shot at 50 free leads. Like you, you're going to do a webinar. Everybody's running webinars. You're, why wouldn't you take this? Right? Like, sure. Unless you have people beating down your door and they're all, you know, going to bring 200 people. Great. But yes, I'm, I'm getting the better of this deal. Sure. But you're also getting something for free out of it too. Why, why would you turn that down? So you know, finding that network to, to share content with. Um, we've done some, you know, some link swaps with people. And I know if you read yeah. the letter of the law on SEO, link swaps are, are not okay, but like, yeah. And it makes if, sense. It, if, as long as it makes sense, you're not just dropping it in there for the sake of it. It's right. a thoughtful partnership. It Correct. makes sense. If it's a relevant site. Google doesn't know that, that you, you know, that they didn't link to you organically and you didn't link to them. You're, you're in the same industry. You look like you talk about the same things. It seems like a natural fit, right? It's, uh, you know, I always think about it, it's like the speed limit's 70. Nobody pulls you over for going 72, right? Like if, unless you're doing something real strange, you know, you're yeah. not, it's not like you're dropping thousands of link swaps all at one time with companies that are completely irrelevant to you. So, you know, finding that community to, to be able to exchange content or, or, you know, do shared blogs or, or link swaps, I think is great. I want to go back real quick to the fact that that company didn't want to work with you because you weren't big enough, because I feel like this has gotten us in so much trouble these last few years. The, probably the last 10 years uh, when we talk about even how we're hiring and how we don't, we only want to hire experts and, and we're not cultivating the next generation. Like if, if you're not a direct competitor and you can help each other out being a bigger fish and reaching down to the smaller guys to support them, like just out of the, like, just from that standpoint, regardless of how many leads you're getting, like that's right. what we need to be cultivating in this industry. And you're all, and it's such a mission-driven industry. We're all after the same yes. thing, which is to yes. protect our end users. Like we're, we're all in this boat together. So let's help each other out. Like, oh, I was so soapbox. Like, <laughs> he's so mad. Yeah, and 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 we'll say there are some like that, right? We we've uh, we we've talked to some people and, and have gotten on some things where. You know, like, hey, we want to partner with you, and they're they're coming to us. They're like, we really think your mission is focused. You, you know, we have a, a segment of our audience that's small, small, medium businesses. Like, we think we're a good fit. You know, and they're like, oh, we bring a couple thousand people to the webinar, and I'm like, okay, well, like, how much are you looking for me to pay, right? Because like that, that mm-hmm. that's a huge audience for me. And they're like, no, 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 we 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 just want you to be a part of it. And I'm like, awesome, like that's yes. like you know you're gonna run this webinar and talk about stuff for small businesses. You want another you know security tool that's for small businesses on there? You picked a small person. To, to come join you, like kudos to you. Like that's, that's really cool. That's doing the right thing, right? As, as cliche as that is, that's something I try and live by. That's something I, the companies I want to work for, I want them to do. So uh, it's, it's good to see others in the industry doing that too. So there's, there's both good. sides. Good. That makes me feel a little better because. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's some that I'm just like, oh, all right. Like you, you do you, but 
Like we're, we're even offering to do most of the work. Like we'll build the deck. Like what do you, you're going to have to, you just have to have somebody show up and read the seven slides that they already know. Like, so yeah. Two questions for you about this. Cause I, I, I love when you're talking about the webinars and the partnerships and bringing in other companies. Um, what's the promotion for those things? Cause this idea of if you build up, they will come sort of notion. Um, so yeah. How, how do you cross promote? How do you bring people to the webinar? 500 people is a good, good amount of people to show up. Yeah. And, and that one was, was look, it was the basics. It was using the networks that we all had, right? Um, you talk about going to these shows, connecting all the dots. A lot of times they get a, give you a registration list. And, you know, I've tried to, uh, it's always interesting having gone to events as participant, you know, you check the box and say, yeah, you, you can share my stuff. Right. And it's the opt-in list. And so we've done a really good job of, of when we, are eligible for those opt-in lists that we email them and say, Hey, we know you're at X event. We are at X event. You didn't stop by our booth, but you know, we paid for the opt-in list or you were on the opt-in list. We're going to add you to our marketing, uh, email drips. You're going to find out about webinars and blogs and our newsletter, stuff like that. It's five emails a month. Typically here's the link right now to opt out, right? If you want out, we're nice. okay with that, but we want to be upfront that we're adding to this and you just don't randomly start getting invites to random webinars. So, you know, we've grown a decent size email list. So we, we, that are non-leads, right? That aren't people that have talked to sales. So, you know, making sure we engage them with, with fun topics, uh, using organic social, right? And, and, and Twitter, uh, we're lucky that some of our team, you know, is willing to go out and share some of the stuff and repost on LinkedIn. And uh, there was, I, uh, I was just, I went to the virtual HubSpot inbound conference um, and there was one of the speakers talked about how to hack the organic side of, of difference, hacks that we were, were to use, I guess, in the context that we're in security, but, uh, how to get the most out of out of the algorithms within certain uh, social sites. And they talked about uh, the best way to see organic spread and organic success on LinkedIn uh, is comments on a post within the first four hours. Mm -hmm. uh, and like he had some graphs and stuff like that that just showed how much they can impact. And, you know, again, it's that whole small team buy-in that if we post something and it's something that we really want to try and push like that webinar, it's, hey, please go share, please go comment on the original post. And not everybody in the company does it, but our sales team's bought in, you know, how long does it take them to go make a comment, to go share it out to their network? Not long. How many random connections do they have? Because on their sales outreach, they're trying to cold call people that now right. might see right? So, so they buy in and get that. And again, with, with that one specific webinar, it wasn't just us. It was, you know, getting a majority of, of the partners of the collaborators to come on and, and do the same thing and tag each other. And, uh, you know, tagging the individual people. A lot of times in this industry, it's, uh, the individual that has the bigger following than than the brand. Um, you know, I, I've mentioned Amanda once that she spoke at RSA. She's great for us, right? Like, and, and uh, I, I don't want her to ever use her personal clout too much for us. But when there's something that we do that she really likes and she shares it out with our network, we see a bigger response, right? So it's using all the resources you have and and getting everybody to do the same. If, if you get four different companies on a webinar and they're all willing to hit their email list once or twice and they all do it on social and get their teams to engage on it, you're, you're, you're forming a network that's, that's rivaling some of those bigger fish and you're going to be able to bring, you know, larger audiences to, you know, view that piece of content. Oh my gosh. I love that. That's so cool. I have so many ideas now, like how we could, you know, we're a very small fish in, in a big agency pond. Um, and so there's some that you're getting my, my brain's going, my brain's going. I'm excited. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate this, John Eric. It was so good to have you on. 
I feel like in terms of being a small fish in a big pond, it's very much about using your resources that you have at your fingertips, including your team, helping mm-hmm. them join join you in the momentum that you're creating, partnering with di- other companies that are similar to yours and helping the same audience um, and cross-promoting that way. LinkedIn is definitely great from that standpoint. I found that well. And events, like how much energy you've put into events, but the ROI that you've delivered on that seems to really be paying off. So being really thoughtful and creative, finding the right events that make sense for you and your business, and then bringing that through all the way to the community and the webinars and the organic uh, elements that you're doing. It's all connected. I see it. And um, kudos to you and your team and the great work y'all are doing and the mission you're on. I'm, I'm with you. Let's go. So, Thank you. Yeah. It's, we'll it's, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's been a fun ride and I look forward to what the next couple of years here bring. And yeah, to your point, it's, it's sometimes it's a lot about energy. It's not always about budget right? And, and getting the most out of what you do and working with the team. And, um, you know, I, I, I've been fortunate enough to, to have, you know, sales teams and sales directors that have, that have been able to share this mission, right? And any, any moments, any, any time or any resources I waste pointing fingers at sales for not closing leads or not working leads. I don't have that time. I I can't do that. You know, we, we have to put our energy into places that are going to help drive the business forward as that small pond. So, you know, making sure we're, we're all bought in as an organization is a huge part of it. Before we close out, I do have my people first questions because you are more than a marketer, as we heard in your story of how you got started. So um, thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, Three quick questions for you. The first one is, um, have you picked up any new hobbies in the last, the world has changed. And uh, (laughs) so we're, we've all been finding our passions that really speak to who we are and what we want to do. Have you picked up any new passions or new hobbies in the last few Uh, years? Really, the only thing I've picked up that's that's a new hobby is parenting. Uh, we have uh, a two-year-old and a, and a second one on the way. Uh, so parenting is is what I've picked up here in in the COVID years. Uh, that's that takes up quite a bit of my time and time that I love. Um, you know, especially uh, as my little one's gotten older and developed the personality and, and can do more things. He was he was not a happy camper as a baby. So the first few <laughs> the first nine months were pretty rough. But once we got to crawling and walking and stuff like that, now he's he's a fun little guy and just wants to hang out and do things and stuff like that. So, uh, parent parenting is, is the big thing that I've picked up in the last couple of years. It's definitely a hobby that could take up a lot of time and energy and, but what a fulfilling hobby that it is. So thank you. Um, if you could travel to anywhere in the world, now that the world's opening up and we don't need vaccination passes and maybe the, maybe the lines are dying down a little bit. (laughs) Um, where, where would you want to go and why? Uh, so I'm, uh, I've always loved to be a huge traveler, right? And that's obviously slowed down as we've with COVID and started to be a family. So uh, there's two, I'm going to say three things that are still left on my bucket list to get done. Uh, one, I'm a, I'm a huge sports fan and a huge baseball fan. Uh, so I've been to 19 of the 30 major league stadiums. So getting the rest of those 11 sometime here in the future will, will definitely happen. Do you have uh, to see a specific team? No, no, we, we do try. And, so I'm from, from the Detroit area. So we do try and see the Tigers if we, if we can make it work, but a lot of times it's about logistics. It's, it's, Hey, where we want to hit these two cities. Cause they're close together. You know, what point in time do they, do they play a game on back-to-back days so that, that we can go. So more about fitting in things logistically uh, than, than teams. Uh, and then the two big ones uh, overseas. Uh, I want to go to Europe, uh, specifically Italy. I've been to Greece. We went on our honeymoon. It was fantastic. Uh, I have Italian heritage. I want to go to Italy and see what that's about. Um, and then Australia, I don't, I don't know what it is about Australia, but there's just something that, that draws me there. I don't know if it's because it's so far away or what, but, (laughs) (laughs) uh, but I, but I'd love to make it there as well. Sometimes, I mean, look, I want, 
I want to go to all places in Europe and I want, I want to go to Paris and, you know, I've, I've been to England when I was little. I would love to go back now as an adult and, and get to experience some of that, but I, w- I want to go everywhere. Last question for you, John Eric, if you could see your team in person, you have, you have a small team, seven of you, you're working remotely right now. Maybe mm-hmm. you're getting together soon. Maybe you've already been together, but being in the same room, have, you know, just walking the floor, mingling between each other. What song would you want playing overhead to set the vibe? Oh my goodness. Oh, all right. This this one might take me a second to think about. That's right. Um, oh, I'm, I'm like, there's a whole bunch of like cheesy songs running through my head, like "We Are Family" or "Walking on Sunshine." Um, I don't know, just just something happy and upbeat. Um, you know, as the virtual company, we we do we do struggle a little bit to to find those water cooler type times, and you know, we've created little virtual happy hours and breakout rooms to, to try and have some of the conversations and stuff like that that make you more like people and less like coworkers, but. I don't know. We've uh, we've got a pretty fun, pretty happy bunch. Um, I wouldn't be the one that picks the music. Uh, Mike, who's uh, runs our uh, staff meetings, always has a Spotify playlist going as everybody's kind of coming in, and he crushes it week in and week out. So uh, Mike, Mike too, would be the one that that chooses the music for sure. I would just be there dancing and vibing and having a good time. I love it. I love it. This was so great, John Eric. I'm so grateful for this conversation and for your knowledge share. And uh, yes, I. I hope people took lots of notes. I know I did. <laughs> well, uh, I hope everybody enjoyed it. Carrie, thank you very, very much for happening, having me. Uh, you're just a pleasure to talk to. And, and uh, it makes it so easy because your energy comes off. How passionate you are for for sharing knowledge and, and helping others out uh, is, is definitely apparent. So uh, if if everybody just buys their own TVs and saves 500 bucks at events, <laughs> if that's all you got from this, like, that's cool. Everybody should should help each other out, even if it's in the littlest ways possible. That was my conversation with John Eric Cornelier. You can find him on LinkedIn. Be sure to reach out and connect. Let him know you enjoyed the show and share your own story of how you've made a splash recently. Swap ideas, learn and grow. John Eric's LinkedIn is in the show notes. Thank you for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please like, subscribe, and share. This episode was brought to you by MKG Marketing, our agency that accelerates the mission of cybersecurity vendors via SEO, digital ads, and analytics. It's hosted by me, Carrie Gard, CEO and co-founder of MKG Marketing. Music mix and mastering done by Austin Ellis. And if you'd like to be a guest, please visit mkgmarketinginc.com to apply.